Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. And Logan, we have a 53-man roster. Uh, That roster is probably going to change. In fact, it might change by the time this podcast comes out. But we have a 53-man. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, congrats to the guys who made it. I know that's like a tough deal for some of those guys. Some of the young guys who made it, congrats big time because a lot of people weren't expecting them to make it. So it's always a cool day for those guys. Always kind of a bummer day for the guys who didn't make it. But, you know, it's so funny. Like when we were reviewing practice squad yesterday, it's like some some of these like really good football players are, are given an opportunity to be around. Like think about when I was playing, it was seven dudes. And if you didn't make the seven dudes, like bye forever. And if you had any type of experience – by forever. So now at least there's kind of this foster program where you can keep guys around and guys, the cool thing about the, you know, like the, the, the promotion demotion element of the practice squad is a lot of those guys are going to play football this year for you and get a nice game check. So yeah. I think that's, that's pretty fantastic. And I love the new setup and um, it just ma- it makes cut day a little bit less stressful. I think, you know, for me as an analyst watching it, cause you know, those guys are still going to be around. Yeah, definitely. So for reference, uh, because this is, to quote uh, Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera yesterday, a fluid situation. We are recording this Wednesday morning, so we do not know the practice squad yet, although we have a pretty good guess based off who was cut yesterday. But there's always a chance like someone that we expect to come back to the practice squad gets signed to another active roster, and that will kick off a whole firestorm that I will have talked about on the radio by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, so if you want if you want the firestorm that we don't know about at this time, go listen to the Hoffman Show podcast, uh, which, uh, of course, we do every day on the Team 980 for three whole hours. Okay, but as for what we know, 53-man uh, defense, was, which we'll get to, is pretty yeah. predictable. But the offense, you get a, you get a couple of surprises. Um, I think for us, that does not include no. quarterback. They do go with just the two. Um, I do think it's an interesting conversation, though, of like from was good enough that it's not outrageous to suggest that someone else could sign him. There is some level of risk in exposing him to waivers. So if if he does get signed and someone else wants him to be either their two or their three, but they're they're willing to do the three on the active roster bit. What's the move for Washington? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to kind of uh, basically say to yourself, like, is there a way that we can retain him? Like, is there a way in negotiations that we can find a way to keep him around? A lot of times you can say, oh, you know, a big a big point of negotiation is saying like, oh, I'm making practice squad money. I'd like to make active money and stay. 
And that's something very easy to do. And I've seen that happen multiple, multiple times. Sometimes you can say, oh, you know, like if he really wants to be active, you really want that accrued season, you could probably move the roster around and try to keep him. But I, I think I don't think he'll get picked up. No offense to him. I just think there's a lot of kind of backup quarterbacks around. And there is this kind of <clears throat> like, a, I don't know what the word is. It's not confirmation bias, but it's like, well, yeah, proximity bias. bias. Like I know my third string quarterback. I know he knows the offense really well. I like these things about him. And I don't know, you know, Jake Fromm, for example. And so I think there is a tendency around the league to keep keep the devil you know as opposed to the devil you don't. And that's not always the best policy. But in my experience, like I've seen that happen, not necessarily with quarterbacks, but oftentimes with like running backs and receivers, and they go out and sign somebody else as opposed to keeping the guy. And more times than not, honestly, in my 10-year career, the guy that they brought in from a different team gets cut like within the week, and they re-sign the guy that was here during training camp because they kind of know the system. They know what's going on. So I, I do think there's a yeah proximity bias uh, with the quarterback thing. And you know, like I said, it's not the end all be all. Like they can find ways to keep them if they really, really want to keep them. And if you do leave, like that's where the scouting department has to kind of make their money, right? Who's available? Who's like, like last year, I think a great example is like John Ridgeway. They able to get John Ridgeway when yeah. they're trying to, um, when Dallas is trying to bump him to practice squad and, and you get a really good football player. And I think that if you, if your scouting department's up, your pro, your pro personnel department's up and ready to go, like you can find guys around the league, like Colt McCoy just got cut. Like, and he's got practice squad eligibility under the new system. So if you want to bring him in, right. like, go for it. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's, and, you know, he, you know, at that point in his career, which I think is, this is your, what is that, year 12 for him? You know, you want to kind of, um, you know, he, he's got to, he's got to pick a spot he wants to go to, but that is an option now for you to kind of say, hey, this veteran just got cut. Let's bring him on practice squad. And I, so there's, there's other options, basically. Totally. Right. Which would be a kind of funny, funny bit. I, like, honestly, for week one, I would bring in Colt and be like, tell us everything yeah. about their offense. Like, you know, you might as well. Um, he's basically like a coach. Um, he was their one quarterback all spring long. So, and I'm sure Colt would love to be like, I hate you right That's now. That's such a, such a um, weird move by them, but yeah. Yeah. We might, we might talk about that a little bit later in the show, depending on our time. But I think that, you know, the, the proximity bias is one thing, but there's also just the, the reality of the decisions that have been made over time. Right. Teams pick their players in the spring. They don't yeah. pick their players mm -hmm. in the fall. And so they decided in the spring, not just they, the commanders, they, every NFL team, that these are the guys that we think are worthy of our 90-man roster. They then invest all spring long, all the meetings, all the OTAs, all the time on the field, all summer long, all training camp, all those meetings, all the time on the field, into those players. They would like to keep them around. And so for equal talent levels, and whether that talent level is kind of freakish athlete like a Kaz Allen or someone like Jake Fromm, who's like limited but fine as Has an some NFL potential. Uh, he definitely showed some, some potential right. and great. Yeah, 100%. There's, but there's from a talent standpoint, there's a lot of Jake Fromms around. There's actually more than you'd think Kaz Allen's yeah. around. But the difference is in Washington – Jake Fromm knows Washington yeah. system. And if you're anywhere else, he doesn't know your system. So signing him is probably not worth it. Now, there are teams that definitely need quarterbacks. Um, New England is down to one. They cut Bailey Zappi. They cut Malik Cunningham. Um, and so they literally only have uh, Mac Jones on the roster. So, like, they're going to sign someone. But you Colt also McCoy. think about, like, system familiarity. <laughs> Maybe, I yeah. mean, Colt would make a lot of sense there. 
um, as a kind of a veteran to be in Mac's ear and be like, Hey dude, this is how business gets done in the league. Um, but you know, if you're Washington and all of a sudden you need one, like you look at who Kansas city cut, um, you look at who, uh, I just actually looked at Jacksonville and it's some guy I've never heard of, but like you look at the places that run they're off the Andy Reed tree that run your system, run your stuff. Maybe even someone who's passed through Kansas city in the past. And that's, that's probably the play, but there's other, I mean, there's Will Greer that's out there You know, there's, there's a bunch of dudes out there, um, that have some level of talent that if you want to bring them in, you could, but at the end of the day, like the point, the, the, the big point for anyone freaking out about Jake Fromm is even if they lose him, it's not the end of yeah. the world, not even close. It's not even that much of a, a needle mover and two, they should very, very likely be able to. So let's double back. click on that real quick. I know a lot of fans are like, oh, he's not a needle mover. I can hear them freaking out. I can see them freaking out in the comments already. Like Jake Fromm did a really good job in training camp. He did some really good things. He also did some things that are very uh, indicative of his inexperience in the NFL, right? And he's not ready, I don't think, even to be a, a full-time backup just yet. Like he's still working towards that. Is he very talented? Yes. Does he have that gamer kind of moxie that this city loves? Yeah, like, is he like a little bit more talented version from a physical tool standpoint than Taylor Heineke? Yeah, but he's not there yet. And so I think that's exactly what you have the practice squad. You got a guy here who knows your system, who in a pinch maybe could come in and do a third, you know, fourth quarter drive, whatever you need to do. Like, that's what he's here for. But I think it's it's important to know that he's not quite ready yet, you know? And like, I think that's that's like yeah. who he is. And that's not, a, that's not a knock on him. He did everything you want him to do. He had a great... He had a great preseason training camp. That whole cycle was great for him, but he's not there yet. And hopefully with a year on practice squad, staying in the system, learning the system some more, he, he gets there and you develop a talent and you have a guy that you feel really, really good about. And next year, maybe it's, you don't need to re-sign Jacoby Brissett. You have Jake Fromm or, or whatever right. it is. I, I'm not exactly sure. I think that's yeah. the goal, right? The goal is you have a good season. Sam's your starter and Fromm's yeah. the backup for a long time. And, you know, he can be a viable backup because he'll have known the system. And, and no, the Heineke comparison, I think, is interesting because, you know, it's like, oh, he's better than Heineke and Heineke won all these games. Like, no, his physical right. tools are better. But Taylor had been in Scott's system for so long that he could do, you know, he maximized himself uh, in that system. Fromm has not been in this system very long because no one has here in Washington. So I, I think that over time, if he really gets to know the system like the back of his hand, he could develop into a backup level quarterback. Um, all right, that's probably enough time on. Well, I mean, people want to know we gotta uh, people what they want. Yeah, people want to know. Now you know. Now you know. And by the way, I didn't know if I was going to say this, but I'm just, I'm just going to say it. If you want to know whose football opinion that is worth listening to or not, find the people that think that Jake Fromm is currently better than Jacoby Brissett and unfollow them. <laughs> that is... That is just a public service announcement from your friendly uh, podcast yeah. and radio host. All right, uh, moving on. Running back, uh, as we just kind of yeah. go down the list here. Not a lot to talk about. Three guys that we anticipated. The interesting thing, if you will, is that Jonathan Williams gets IR'd. Yeah. So we had we should have mentioned Derek Gore as a potential practice squad mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and it looks like he is going to yeah. go that direction. Um, what do you make of Gore over Patterson as the practice squad running back? Because that is honestly the only thing that is even remotely not self-explanatory. Yeah, I think the thing that was interesting about it was when I saw the cuts and I saw how they, they kind of timed them out. I was like, man, we forgot to mention Gore. And, and Gore should have been our obvious choice after Jonathan Williams, I think. I think Jonathan Williams had a better training camp preseason, did a really nice job. But Gore knows the system. He's explosive. He kind of fits all the criteria. He EB 
he knows what EB wants and there's, there's value there. You know, he's played NFL football. He's, he's played at football in Kansas city. He knows this offense. Like that's, that's worth a lot in my opinion. And for a guy who actually had a pretty good cycle once he got here, you know, everyone saw him in the last game, breaking off those long runs. He's got a physical running style. He's quick, he catches the football. Well, like, why not? You know what I'm saying? And, and I, yeah, I think he's played a little teams yeah. as well, which is, I think is the separator between him and Patterson on top of the the system. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Patterson, I, I like Patterson. I think Patterson had a good, good off season too, but there is something to be said, you know, it's like any, any job. Like if I know you and we're boys and I know we can work together really well, like I'm more likely to employ you or, or work with you or bring you in for the job. And I think, um, you know, Patterson's a great guy, you know, like I've talked to him a little bit. He's like, his story's awesome. He's a good football player. He's going to be on a team, a practice squad at some point this year. Um, but I think the, the Gore connection to EB like is probably the, the, the defining factor, even more than teams. Like it's just, he knows him. He played well. He looked in good shape. He did everything he needed to do. So, you know, I think that's it. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, this guy played in 11 games in 2021, so he's got that NFL experience, which is which is helpful. Um, all right, tight end. This is this is probably the biggest shocker to me on the roster too. is Curtis Hodges makes it. Um, Hodges just, frankly, did not produce in camp. But as I've thought about it over the last couple of days, results not there, like for sure. He dropped too many balls. Like it, his his statistical production, not very good. How did he progress, though, from like a route running, blocking, the things that, that we are going to have a harder time seeing just watching a, a preseason game. How did he progress there enough so that they thought this was... Well, right? I think when you look back to last year, he's come light <clears throat> He's come light years. You know, he's in like in a totally different ballpark. And so um, I think he's good. he's good in line. He's not great in line. He's good in line. And I think that's something you can win with, especially when John Bates is your only true like blocking why. I think he's probably... I'd say the second best blocker in the room. So there's value there. And I still look at how he runs routes, man. I'm like, man, for a guy who's that big, for him, like everyone, you know, I think you made the Sam East Reyes comparison um, on the last show. Yeah. And to me, it's not even in the same sphere because he's so fluid. He understands leverages and coverages. He's got this really nice suddenness that you wish kind of Sam East had as a basketball player. So for me, I think he's actually. He does some really, really good stuff. He does. Like when you see his like his good stuff, it's amazing. The problem is that he just didn't like we talked about this a lot with him and with a lot of the guys, a lot of the young receivers too. Kaz Allen, same thing, is you want to see a certain kind of consistency and a certain kind of finish, you know, especially in the passing game and the run game as well. I will say in the in the third preseason game, I thought I saw a little bit of, of that finish in him. I thought I saw him running the ball a little bit more. He's around, like, you know, like one of the things I like to do is like when the camera's zooming in on the ball carrier, like who's in the vicinity, you know? And so you get a lot of Ricky Stromberg, you get a lot of, um, you know, whoever it is in there. Bryson Tremaine's a guy who likes to finish like that. And all, all of a sudden, like Curtis Hodges is in the shot. I thought he's, he's pushing himself a little bit. And so maybe that's what they needed to see from him. But I really, when I look at him, like he's a guy that, I, again, 
the reason he makes the roster, in my opinion, is again because I think he's progressed as a blocker. He's your second best blocker. Blah 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 blah. But I, he could be great, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to him is like there's a lot of guys like Dylan had a really good training camp, really really good, but he's he is who he is, much like myself. Like his ceiling is his floor is not very low. Is his floor is not very low, but his ceiling is not very high. Curtis, his ceiling is like a top five player in the NFL. Like that's what his ceiling is. Now, is he going to get there? I have no idea. He's got to figure it out, but I don't want that guy just on the street for anybody to come grab. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is his, his, his ceiling is such that it's worth this little bit of progression you've seen from him. It's worth getting him on the 53, I would say. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's a difference in a lot of the guys that get cut and a guy like Hodges is if you cut a borderline player, most of the time that player, like maybe he shows up and he's a starter somewhere else. And you're like, man, yeah. good for him. Very rarely is a guy who gets cut going to turn into a potential top five tight end in the league. And, you know, I, I think that there is like a consistency to great players that I would say it's very unlikely he reaches that. No, I, 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 I agree. Like super I likely, but page, yeah. just to even have that possibility um, is yeah. tantalizing. And, he didn't practice last year because he and I are the whole year. Um, so Ron said, like, we look at him as a rookie, as a developmental project. So we want to, you know, we want to get him that practice time and ultimately play time. I do think there's concern about Logan Thomas, for sure, yeah. from an injury standpoint, whether it's this injury or whatever could potentially come next. But I, I think that, you know, that potential is, is the difference, for sure, in him getting on the team. Um, and he can give you something right now. Um but we'll see. Um, I, I just, it, it's one of those that I, I, they also didn't have another option if they wanted to keep a fourth yeah, tight end. I mean, so Dylan, that's, right? you know, Dylan, Dylan's oh, is hurt. He? He's on IR. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he got, he got oh. IR'd. So, you know, whether that's a, Hey man, we look, we want to keep you around for next year. You're going to have a job in the spring. Yeah. Um, you cool with this, you know, whatever that conversation is actually, um, I take not, I take that back to add on to that though. I think there's a chance he shows up somewhere else this year because he was a guy that was mentioned as potentially getting an injury oh. settlement. So he might get waived and, uh, ultimately be allowed to go pursue another job, but he'll, he does get IR, um, initially. So, you know, they, if they've needed the depth, that's the kind of thing where, you know, when they talk about the fluidity of the roster, could they go get someone yeah. else? Um, I think that's also possible depending on what they need right now. I also wonder too. They cut Arma, which we thought could right. happen. We talked about the exact situation that's happening happening on the last pod where Arma gets cut. They're going to bring him back. Do you let the initial wave of signings happen and kind of this chaos leading up to noon today and the, the waiver wire deadline? Practice squads get filled, and then you cut Hodges in favor of Arma and hope that that sneakily allows him to get back to practice squad. I don't know if that actually yeah. works, but it seems like it's on. Yeah, the I, th I think that, you know, part of me is like, just cut him. If that's the plan, just cut him with everybody else. Hopefully he like, you know, gets lost in the sauce a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But again, I don't, I don't want him going someplace else. You know, as much as I was frustrated with his production this offseason, like he's gotten better. Like I've, I've raved about his route running. The finish has to be better, but like, I, there's very few guys you get in free agency. Like, and that's why it's so weird to be here with this team. You have Armani Rogers, who obviously is injured, who again has that skill set, and then Curtis Hodges. And it's like, how did you find both of these guys in addition to drafting Cole Turner, who's probably gonna play a ton of minutes for you this year? Like, 
they are really, really lucky. And I think they're doing a good job of kind of saying, we know what we have here. We know we kind of hit the lottery. How do we maintain this while these guys develop? And if they do come around, like we're going to be sitting pretty, you know, we're going to have something that nobody else in the NFL has is three young dudes who can all play, all catch the ball, all block well. And that is just something that I think as a, as a coach is very, very tantalizing. So I think they're going to do whatever they can to keep them around. Like to your point, is this kind of a way to get past that initial cuts, put them in a good spot? Perhaps, I don't know. But I think, um, again, to me, it's his, his talent, is his potential is what keeps him in the building. And I do think he's improved right. in some of those areas that maybe we can't see as, as red, like reticently. You know, like his, his run blocking has gotten a lot yeah. better, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and by the way, if you catch wide or if you drop wide open passes, at least you got yeah. wide open. So the route running uh, is there.